The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. Start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's the Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Friday morning to you. It is November 17th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Aaron with you on Jumbo, the Morning please. Blend. Good morning. Good morning. You know, I have to uh, show up in the morning and look around and see who shows up to see who's going to be my co-host yeah. for the day. You never know who's going to walk into the studio <laughs> around yeah. here. Yeah, and today it was you. You're blurry-eyed and you're not quite sure how you got here this morning, but we're glad to see you. Well, you know, uh, somehow I've folded myself into the car and we got here. I even made a cup of coffee this morning, so things are looking up. Oh, absolutely. Now, you and I are both Vancouverites. Yes, I, I suppose that's the or v- Vancouverans. I think Vancouverites. I think, I think that sounds good. Sounds cooler. So tell me cuz I noticed this on my drive in What's at O Dark 30. It was probably what 5:30. You were at at around 6. You were mm-hmm. coming through. Yeah. Did you happen to notice that there were more cars than usual at this time of morning? <laughs> no, because I'm not usually on the road. You're not this usually time of on morning. the road. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you from It did seem it was it was nice and busy, but it, it was, was moving busy. though. It was moving, yeah. but I noticed for sure there were more cars on the road today. My thinking is people are trying to get a head start today so they can get out early on Friday because maybe they've taken next week off. We are less than a week from Thanksgiving. So that is my thinking. You know what it could be? I'm looking at Pat's list over here. Right. Today is National Take a Hike Day. Is it really? November 7th. It is November (laughs) 17th. Okay. So what kind of hike is it? Get outside and hike or is it, hey, Yahoo on the road, go take a hike. I'm thinking it's actually probably the more positive version of that. Like, (laughs) hey, get out there and enjoy nature. Enjoy God's creation. But could go either way. It could go either way. There's no (laughs) specifications on it. I like that. You know, speaking of national days too, I did a little scan because there are lots of things to celebrate today. Today is also national baklava day. Are you a baklava eater? It's a rich dessert. If it's in front of me, yes. <laughs> it's not one I like seek out, but I'm not going to turn it down if it just shows up. If it just like, shows hey, up. You know, let's so we have the good fortune of having two of our kids, uh-huh. our daughter and yeah. son-in-law in Eastern Washington right. in uh, Ellensburg. Mm-hmm. Now, when we drive to Ellensburg, there's a long stretch as you uh, get towards the Yakima Valley. There is a I believe it's a Greek Orthodox monastery out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's usually where they where they would they be. Like it would be. make sense. It's yeah. I believe it's called St. John's. Okay. Uh, Orthodox monastery. We never fail to stop there because they make the most incredible baklava. Mm. In fact, I don't know if they'll be open on Thanksgiving, but hopefully when my daughter is making her drive back through as they come home for the holiday. She's got stops to make. Yeah, yeah. she's got a stop to make at the baklava place. It is fabulous. So, nice. uh, And as usual, all roads lead to Rome and a good discussion on food here on the Morning Blend. Well, so. absolutely, yeah. So, Aaron, thanks so much for joining yeah, us today. This is your first morning show. And for our listeners who are listening in the morning. It's been a little bit since I've sat in. You are a whole new person than you were last time you did the morning blend. Because before you were Aaron, now you're 
I have a whole new person in my house, yes. <laughs> Your house grew by two feet. Yes, we have a beautiful daughter, uh, Josephine, joined us in August, and I haven't slept since. Oh, good. So getting no, up this glorious. morning, how'd that She's feel great. for you? <laughs> uh, just like any other uh, Most days, I should say, I am up. I'm just not usually driving into the state studio this time of day. So. Oh, well, fantastic. Uh, shout out to my beautiful wife, who's probably feeding our daughter right about now. Oh, good. All so, right. Well, yeah. good morning, everybody at home. My mm-hmm. family at home already up and going. And I'm going to take advantage of the weekend. We're going to head out of town, kind of refuel the good Deacon and I, okay. and then we'll be ready to take on. We've got the influx of family start on a oh, Monday. It's, it is beginning. Yeah. We're so excited. So we got a great show ahead for you on yeah, today's show. Yeah. What do you got coming up, Aaron? Lots of news. Uh, the Monte Ecclesia Monastery in the Vatican, uh, where Benedict XVI lived for quite some time, Originally made, or not originally, but uh, used to house nuns on the regular, and they're coming back in. So we're going to talk into some details on that one. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, Miss Josephine is too little for school yet, but you're yes. going to start to kind of concern your life about where she's going to school here in Portland. We've been following this teacher strike. Yeah, it turns out they're still not having an agreement yet. Mm. And the earliest now, kids in the Portland Public School District will be headed back into the classroom the Monday after Thanksgiving. Wow, okay. I don't know how they're going to make up these days. Those kids are going to be going to school all the way into July. So I'll get an update for you on that story as well. So we do have a great show ahead for you on this Friday morning. We're going to start things now with Dan Bremnis and He Knows. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. I know you struggle and you're wrestling with unbelief. You feel the fire growing cold. Your broken heart is beating heavy like the air you breathe. You're in this valley all alone. So where do you turn? Where do you go? Well, he knows every pain, every tear that you've cried, every single part of you. And he knows every doubt, every fear that you fight, the battles you've been going through. And when it feels the bitterness of suffering it always leaves us asking why but i believe that there's a reason for everything if we could see through his eyes cause he knows every pain every tear that you cried every single part of you and he knows
every single part of you and he knows every doubt every fear that you fight the battles you've been going is Dan Bremness, and he knows. It's 7.08 right here at Matra Day Radio on this Take a Hike Friday. <laughs> Take a hike, uh, Aaron. <laughs> nope, you're stuck with me for the next two hours. Coming up, it's Lexi Torres from the Archdiocese of Portland with an invitation. That's after your weather. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Matri Day Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. The Catholic Church dedicates the month of November to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Join Mater Day Radio as we unite with the communion of saints. We pray daily for the souls of all the faithful departed and for the intentions of the living through our broadcast of the celebration of the Holy Mass, the Holy Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and uplifting spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Mater Day Radio's prayer hotline. Our dedicated team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or send your intention through MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us throughout November as we pray for the holy souls and your intentions. 
at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 712 here at Mater Dei Radio. Another dry day ahead, but there is some thick morning fog. Now, looking out the window here at Sylvan Hill, it's looking pretty clear across the valley. Beautiful. But both you and I coming from the north, there's some pretty dense fog coming in. So definitely want to give yourself a little extra time on your commute. Now, that fog should burn off by mid-morning. We can already tell you it is a beautiful morning once that happens. You can expect a sunny afternoon. Highs today reaching 58 degrees. That is like welcome spring. What is that? It is going to be a warmer day for this time of year. Overnight, again, we stay mostly clear as we dropped off to 44 degrees. Then enjoy the day today because tomorrow rain's coming back. And I know. And it's going to keep us wet all the way into Sunday. So looks like it's going to be a bit of a wash. So if there are leaves out in your yard, the last little bit of them. Today's the day. Today's the day to get out and get it done. It is currently 40 degrees at St. Patrick Catholic Church in Northwest Portland. And it is 36 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. If we think about the most important things in our lives, often those things are part of our lives because of an invitation. Whether it was getting involved in some kind of activity, developing a new friendship, or even rediscovering our faith, it often started because someone else reached out to us and asked, do you want to join me or do you want to be part of this? Joining me this morning to talk about the power of an invitation is Lexi Torres. She is the coordinator of campus and young adult ministry for the Archdiocese of Portland. Good morning, Lexi. How are you this morning? Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me to be on Modern Day this morning and chat with you about the power of an invitation. I'm excited to be here. Lexi, I'm excited that you're here too. And and I just love that you suggested this topic. And, you know, I think maybe most of us might not pause to specifically think about this topic of an invitation, but really it's a crucial component to some of the most important parts of our lives and especially in our faith. So can you speak a little bit to that and and your experience of maybe receiving an invitation? Yeah, of course. I think invitation is one of those things, like you said, it's so simple that I think we overlook its power. And mm. even though it's a simple thing to do, it's not that complicated. It holds so much power because it's how we invite people into relationship with Christ. That power of being invited into prayer or invited into a small group or to mass, which was something that really encouraged me to grow in my own faith was the ways that throughout my life, people have invited me into deep relationship with Christ through different invitations. And the one that comes to mind first is when I was in college and I was really starting to dive deeper into my Catholic faith. I was born and raised Catholic, but in college I started to go deeper in my prayer life and an invitation from my good friends, Mari, while we were studying abroad, she invited me to join her in prayer every morning in our little student chapel that we had at Gonzaga in Florence. And that invitation kind of struck me. I was like, oh man, like, I don't know, like waking up every single morning and praying, that's kind of intimidating. Right. But to have someone to do that with and who walked with me in that, and every morning we'd wake up together because we were living together, we'd have breakfast together, we'd walk to the chapel together, and then we would pray together. And that invitation transformed my prayer life because when I came back from study abroad, I continue to pray every single day, and I still continue to pray now every day because of a simple invitation to join someone for 30 minutes of morning prayer. 
wow, that's just a testament, like you said, to to just that simple invitation, but that's changed the rest of your life. Like how incredible Mm. is that? Mm. And as we're kind of thinking about this topic, you know, as you, you received an invitation that, that impacted your life, what are ways that now maybe you seek to invite Mm. others in various ways? Yeah, when I look at invitations, I like to think of it in a couple of different ways. And the first way is, how am I inviting people into my life? Maybe Mm. that's as simple as, I love coffee. So I'm going to invite someone to grab a coffee with me somewhere in Portland because I love exploring new coffee shops or I love to get outside. So how am I going to invite someone to join me on a hike? And I just love to chat and walk. That's one of my favorite activities. So how am I inviting someone into my life? But then also, how am I inviting someone into my parish, into the sacraments? Who, Who am I inviting to? to Mm. a Friday night adoration event or inviting them to Sunday mass or to pray a rosary with me on one of those walks. So that's another way to think about invitations as well. How am I inviting into my life and how am I inviting into the sacraments? And all of that should encompass how we are inviting people into relationship with Christ Mm. because at the heart of everything is him and our relationship with him. So all these invitations should not just point to, well, what do I enjoy doing? What's fun? Right. But what do I enjoy doing that I can bring Christ into and bring others into and bring them into deeper relationship? I love that. As we were talking about earlier, when we invite people, especially to be part of the church, to be part of this family and, and to discover their faith and to discover that relationship, Mm -hmm. that encounter with him, we're really participating in his invitation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all part of what he's doing, but we're just able to participate in that. And that's like such a beautiful thing. And and in the gospels, Christ is always inviting. Mm -hmm. He's inviting, you know, the apostles to follow him. He's inviting, we were talking about earlier, he invites, you know, them to have breakfast with him. <laughs> I, I And I just love that. It's these simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like St. Andrew, I believe, who told Peter, come and see. Mm-hmm. And he brought, you know, his brother to Jesus. But it's, it's this very simple yeah. thing, but it's all leading people to Christ. Mm. Yeah, I think it's so beautiful just to see how the Lord invites us to participate in that way, to be able to listen to his call in our own life. So how is Christ inviting me to call people deeper into relationship with him? And then we do that through that invitation of how mm-hmm. we're inviting others. So it's really just like this, how am I receiving the invitation from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit? And then how mm-hmm. am I extending that invitation to those in my life? And like you said, it's just so powerful. And I think it's a blessing and a gift when we realize that, that the Lord has invited us to participate in this way and helping people come to know him and love him more. Yes, it's absolutely beautiful that we get to be part of this. Um, But, you know, sometimes putting this into practice is more difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds great to like invite people. But I know for me, you know, when it comes to this idea of inviting others, especially when it has to do with, you know, discovering the faith, uh, getting more involved in a parish or a ministry, Mm -hmm. or even just saying hi to someone new, Mm -hmm. I find myself, you know, really stuck sometimes. I, I find myself thinking, I really should invite this person to like maybe this retreat coming Mm up or I see a new person at mass and I think, ah, you know, I should probably say hi to them and, you know, maybe invite them to coffee Mm -hmm. and donuts afterwards or, you know, I should reach out in some way, but something seems to stop me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I just get worried about it being too awkward. They're going to think, who's this random person talking to them? Mm -hmm. Um, Or I'm just not sure what to say or I don't know. Like sometimes I just, I'm not sure what to do in that moment. So what do you think it is that, that maybe is a roadblock to some of us maybe extending that invitation and how can we kind of overcome that? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think we definitely, we get uncomfortable. It's scary to even invite people that you already know, you know, because there's one side of invitation of inviting the stranger, but then there's also another side of invitation of inviting those you already know into a deeper relationship with Christ through spending more time with you, through the sacraments. And that can be scary because it's like, what if they reject me? Or what if they don't enjoy this thing I invite them to? And then it's my fault. And I think those are lies from the enemy. (laughs) Mm. I think it's a lie that I let myself believe of, oh, this person's so busy. I don't want to bother them with another thing. Or what if they don't have the time for this? Or if they don't enjoy it? But I think we just need to, again, it all comes from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit, listen to those promptings. And if the Lord has put on my heart to invite a friend to coffee or to invite them to a certain event, there's a reason why he he needs them there. And there's something that they need to hear that he wants to use us through. And so we need to just say, come Holy Spirit, mm. <laughs> let the Holy Spirit fill our hearts and then go out knowing that it's not about us. <laughs> it's about him and serving him and bringing people closer to him. And so if we feel called to invite, just acting on that. And I experienced that I mean, still to this day, but when I was a missionary as well, serving with Focus, a fellowship of Catholic University students, I remember some of these girls I was inviting to a lot of different events and to get more involved. I remember I started to feel discouraged because they weren't always coming to things. And I was like, Mm. maybe I should stop inviting them. And it was a temptation to stop inviting them because they weren't coming to some things, which was silly because they were busy and they came to as many events as they could. And it was really helpful because one of the girls told me one day, Lexi, please don't stop inviting us. Like, Mm. even if we don't respond to your text, even if we don't come, just please keep inviting us because we appreciate the invitation. And I still talk to all these students. Wow. (laughs) And they're still some of my best friends. Um, But there was a season and a moment where I thought, I don't know if I should keep inviting them. I started Mm -hmm. to get discouraged. But I think that's where the virtue of perseverance comes in and not being afraid, just keep persevering through. And I think that's where in invitations we we need to be reminded that it's slow sometimes. They might not say yes the first time. They might not even enjoy the thing you invited them to, (laughs) but that's not a reason to not invite. Um, And just to continue to listen to the Holy Spirit and to be guided in that way. I think you're so right. And and I think, what you just spoke to really, really highlights the importance of just making people feel included. You know, mm-hmm. they, they want to to be part of a community or they want to know someone's has them in mind. And even if they can't come, it, it's just that they know that they were invited mm-hmm. and that you cared enough to invite to invite them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, Lexi, uh, we are coming up against our break, uh, but I think we have so much more to talk about mm-hmm. on this topic. There's so uh, many facets to this. Uh, can you stay with us and we'll continue our conversation after the break? I would love to. It is 723 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, speaking of invitations, there are a whole bunch of invitations to the community on our community calendar starting this morning i think already there are events on there that you can participate this evening some wonderful events through the weekend maybe doing a little holiday shopping there are several churches that have bazaars going Mm -hmm. on those are open invitations to all of you. So head over to our webpage, matradayradio.com. Look under the Get Involved menu. There you're going to find the list of what is coming up. You'll also find some information on the Grotto. A week from today, they open up the Festival of Lights. And also remember, you have access to that full community calendar along with an integrated map system that'll get you right to where you need to be. So check it out, the community calendar, matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. 
Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. CYO Basketball is here. Hot Shots first and second graders co-ed basketball registration is now open. School-age youth, grades three through eight, can register now to experience the excitement and joy of team competition together with building their skills. Additionally, high school basketball registration is open and ready for your team to join. Grade school and high school basketball include both boys and girls teams. And we are still hiring basketball officials. Visit our website, cyocamphoward.org, to sign up or learn more. Teams are forming now, so register today. Again, that's cyocamphoward.org. Giving Tuesday is November 28th. Your donation will enable us to reach more youth with scholarships and program enhancements that meet their needs. Donate now at cyocamphoward.org. Thank you for supporting our faith-building programs. Monterey Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All-Source Communications is an independent, local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for All-Source Communications. Connecting Mater Day Radio's Leadership Circle. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. It is 727 right here at the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Monterey Radio. Coming up in your news, Pope Francis speaking to priests said, do not leave the Lord in the tabernacle alone. We'll get into more of what he told them coming up. And Portland public school strike continues. Now the earliest kids can be back in the classroom the Monday after Thanksgiving. I'll have an update for you on that story in three minutes. Here is Jordan St. Cyr and Weary Traveler. And we are Brenda and Aaron on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Weary Traveler Beat down from the storms that you have weathered Feels like this road just might go on forever carry on you keep on giving but every day this world just keeps on taking your tired heart is on the edge of breaking carry on weary traveler 
Jordan St. Cyr and Weary Traveler. It's 7.30 right here at Monterey Radio. And in your news this hour, almost a month after the close of Pope Francis' Synod of Bishops on Synodality, Cardinal Robert McElroy of San Diego says the power and depth of the conversations over the month in Rome struck him, as well as the challenge of replicating that atmosphere back home. McElroy's sentiment was common among other American Synod delegates. Crux now spoke with and other American Synod delegates who spoke publicly about their experience at the Synod gathering at this week's U.S. Bishops Conference General Assembly in Baltimore. By and large, the Synod gathering was viewed as a positive and enriching experience where people with different opinions engaged in respectful discussions seeking common solutions. Delegates lauded the inclusion of non-Episcopal participants for the first time, while stressing that church doctrine is unlikely to change as a result of the synod process. American participants also pushed back against the notion that there is tension between the Vatican and U.S. Church, insisting that it didn't appear in the context of the synod. And the Vatican announced this week that six Benedictine nuns from Buenos Aires, Argentina, have accepted the invitation of Pope Francis to form a monastic community in the Mater Ecclesiae Monastery. The monastery was canonically erected by John Paul II in 1994 for contemplative nuns. Different groups of cloistered nuns, alternating every three years, lived in the monastery from 1994 until November of 2012, when Benedict XVI spent more than nine years in the Mater Ecclesiae Monastery until his death of on December 31st of last year. 
The Vatican stated that after the death of Benedict XVI, Francis decided to return the monastery to its intentional purpose as a place for contemplative orders to support the Holy Father in his daily care for the Church through the ministry of prayer, adoration, praise, and reparation as a prayerful presence in silence and solitude. The nuns are expected to move into the monastery, which is situated in the Vatican Gardens of Vatican City State in early of January 2024. While many may wish to settle in for the upcoming holiday, educators with the Portland Public Schools say that losing their health care is top of mind. As of Thursday afternoon, school has been canceled through Friday, pushing the district's next possible day to have classes land on November 27th. That is the Monday after Thanksgiving. Mm. The two sides signed a tentative agreement on at least four things, including instructional time and retirement, but remain at odds on bigger issues like cost of living adjustments and class sizes. According to Portland Public Schools, Thursday was also the deadline for teachers to get back into the classroom before losing their health coverage in December. In response, the Oregon Education Association said they will step in to cover insurance costs during the strike. And the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission is increasing how often members of the public can opt in for a chance to buy bottles of rare liquor. They're also opening up the process to an annual audit to improve transparency after Bourbongate. What a scandal that was that rocked the agency earlier this year. Executives said they hope changes aid in rebuilding the public's trust. Back in February, two top executives were ousted from the OLCC after investigators found for at least eight years a group of employees would set aside hard-to-get bottles of liquor when it came into the state in order to purchase it for themselves. On Thursday, the OLCC board announced changes to that system called the chance to purchase policy. Previous lotteries for public were held about three times a year with around 100 bottles up for grabs each time. Now they're hold lotteries quarterly. Rich Evans, Senior Director of Licensing and Compliance with the OLCC, said with the quarterly drawings, they hope to increase the amount of items that will be available to the public and all of it will be on record. The first drawing of 2024 takes place in March. Pope Francis recently told visiting priests that the presence of Jesus in every tabernacle points us to how we can serve our suffering brothers and sisters who share in Christ's passion. In an audience with the National Association of Hispanic Priests yesterday, Pope Francis shared his advice for living a Eucharistic prayer life ahead of the upcoming National Eucharistic Congress to be held in Indianapolis in July of 2024. Francis said, quote, Do not leave those who suffer alone, and do not leave the Lord in the tabernacle alone. Pope Francis compared the back and forth between Eucharistic prayer and service to others in the life of a priest to a game of ping pong, saying, quote, Adoration, Eucharistic silence, and intercession before the tabernacle, and then service. But it is like ping pong. One thing leads to another and back to another. Surrender yourself to the one who has called you to give yourselves and, ask, and only asks for your fidelity and constancy. Do that with the certainty that he will be it will be he, excuse me, who completes the work and makes your efforts bear good fruit, end quote. So, holy ping pong. Holy, I like that. But what if you're really terrible at ping pong like I am? Well, it's said that he will, the Lord will be the one who completes your work and makes it bear good fruit. So maybe he'll guide the ping pong handle too. I like that. 
And in sports, Oregon State and Washington State are moving forward, keeping the Pac-12 alive as a two-team conference for as long as two years, while entering an agreement with the Mountain West that will allow the Pacific Northwest schools to fill out their sports schedules. KGW reports the agreement could set the stage for a long-term deal between Oregon State and Washington State and the Mountain West. What that looks like is unlikely to be determined soon, said the people who spoke under conditions of anonymity because neither the school nor the Mountain West were making their negotiations and internal discussions public. In the short term, Oregon State and Washington State would get the clarity about conference affiliation. They need to give their coaches, athletes, and recruits. The Mountain West would get a payout from the schools in alignment with the programs that have been competitive at the Power 5 level. Now, if you've ever been to Rome, and as we know, Aaron, all roads lead to Rome, you have most likely Mm -hmm. visited St. Peter's Square, the very heart of the Vatican City. Many make sure their visits include a Sunday audience. Now, those that are there and fortunate enough to be there at the Rome's most punctual clock announces with a loud bang that midday is here. It is then when all the bells of the more than 600 churches in the city, but those of St. Peter's Basilica in particular, begin to toll. And the Pope reaches the window at the Apostolic Palace to greet the many pilgrims whom Sunday after Sunday, rain or shine, they gather there to pray the Angelus, listen to his message and receive his blessing. Now, right across from the square, in fact, just in front of the Pope's window itself, the classic store that has been for more than half a century and almost Mandatory stop for every pilgrim visiting Rome, the famous Mondo Cataloco store founded back in 1952. Most pilgrims right after receiving the Pope's blessing would walk only a few steps over there to get a purchase of all kinds of Catholic religious articles. Now, some will visit the store before the blessing and bring the religious items then that uh, they bought to the square with them. So the objects themselves are blessed during the event. But the custom of bringing objects to St. Peter's Square so they are blessed on Sundays has a very specific origin. And it goes back to December of 1969 when Pope Paul VI stood at the window and blessed the figurines of the infant Jesus Roman children had brought with them. This soon became a typical Roman tradition that is still alive today. During Advent, they call it Bambinelli Sunday and many churches even in the area Hmm. now you bring in your baby Jesus from your creche and there's a special blessing on that Sunday so that way you can place it in the manger on Christmas morning nice it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community this weekend on Saturday and Sunday it's the St. Nicholas Market at Holy Rosary Parish Stop by for stuff from all kinds of good vendors, whether they're usually locals who are going to be mm-hmm. bringing their goods with sweets or maybe even get a new uh, crash for your house. You never know what's going to be there. Oh, and so yeah. uh, it's always a good one. There's tons of people and uh, all the details are on our website at MontredayRadio.com under the community calendar, also on the Hail Mary Media app. Again, that's the St. Nicholas Market at Holy Rosary Parish, both Saturday and Sunday. And for more on this or other events, head to that community calendar. Hail Mary Media app, MontredayRadio.com. 
Well, how is your afternoon weather forecast going to look for you? Can you rake leaves or not? I'll have that update for you. And then Lexi Torres continues with her invitation. That's coming up. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Please join me, Deacon Scott Aiken, as we pray for the holy souls in purgatory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus Christ, King of glory, Deliver the souls of all the faithful departed from the pains of hell and from the bottomless pit. Deliver them from the lion's mouth, that hell not swallow them up, that they fall not into the outer darkness. But let the holy standard bearer, Michael the Archangel, bring them into that holy light which you promised unto Abraham and his seed. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and may perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of all the faithful departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It is 7.42 right here at Mater Day Radio. For your weather, it's morning fog, laying low in some places, especially along the Columbia River. Ask me how I know. <laughs> but sunny today, high of 58. Beautiful day, so get out there and rake those leaves. It's re... the uh, It's leaf raking weather coming at you. Mostly clear tonight, low of 44, and then the rain returns for your weekend. High of Saturday, 55. High of Sunday, 51. And then, of course, on Monday, the sun returns. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It's nice to have these sunny days this time of year because then we have that rain. and It makes you appreciate what, both. That's exactly it. Currently, it is 42 degrees at St. Michael's Catholic Church out in Sandy. And it is 45 degrees at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Cottage Grove, Oregon. And we're back with Lexi Torres from the Archdiocese of Portland. And this morning we are talking about the power of an invitation. What does it mean to invite people to be part of your daily life, your personal life, but also how do we incorporate them more into our parishes, our community, and ultimately lead them to an encounter with Christ? Um, Lexi, thanks so much for sticking with us through the break. 
Of course. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Of course. This is such an interesting topic. And like I said earlier, we're kind of examining this thing that maybe we kind of overlook, but it's really part of our day-to-day life. And earlier you shared, you know, the power of someone in your life inviting you to to pray with them every day and how that has really impacted the whole rest of your life. And so as we're thinking about the importance of invitation and now like thinking, okay, I want to develop a better habit of inviting people, even when it feels awkward, even when I'm not sure what to do. Yeah. Um, so if I want to develop this habit, what are some suggestions you know, maybe questions we should be asking ourselves, things we should be thinking about Mm -hmm. to develop this habit. Yeah, I think it's important to cultivate a culture of invitation. And I think we have to do that by asking ourselves questions like, what's holding me back from inviting someone into my life more to a parish event, into relationship with Christ? What's holding me back there? And then who am I not inviting and why haven't I invited them? So why haven't I invited that young adult to join my parish council or Mm. my finance counselor to be a lector? Why haven't I invited that young mom that I see at daily mass in the back rocking her baby? Why haven't I invited her to the mom's group or to just get a coffee with me because I'm another young mom or I have grandkids and I want to share with her some tips and tricks that I've learned over the years? Or why haven't I invited that new family that's just moved to our parish and maybe they're dealing with the chaos of moving to a new area and boxes everywhere? Why haven't I invited Mm. them over to my house for a meal so they can get to know my family and get to know our parish community more and to start thinking outside of what's just happening inside your parish walls, but also just your day-to-day life that you could invite people into and then into parish life more and into relation with Christ more through all those things. So I think really asking yourself, what's holding you back and why haven't you invited those people? But then also, again, to just ask yourself those questions of when have I been invited to something and how did that make me feel? Mm-hmm. When did someone invite me to in relationship with them more that helped me grow as a person? So think about the ways that those invitations have impacted you, I think will help you also overcome that fear of rejection or Mm. falling into despair because you know that when you push through those things, eventually there's something beautiful that happens when we answer those invitations. So I think it's important to ask ourselves those questions, especially when we start to experience some anxiety or roadblocks there. I think that's very, very wise. And yeah, I think sometimes We don't pause to examine, you know, just kind of these automatic like, oh, I'm just going to dismiss that. Mm. Maybe that nudge from the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's he's nudging me to, you know, reach out to this person. But I don't know, like I'm just busy or, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes honestly, I I feel like I just am like, "Ah, I just don't have time for this or. Mm -hmm. But that's where I need to pay more attention Mm -hmm. (laughs) to what maybe the Holy Spirit might be nudging and those things that I maybe kind of brush away, those nudgings that I brush away. That's probably exactly what the Holy Spirit wants me Mm -hmm. to focus on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we have to be reminded how much, you know, we can grow the church through these invitations and they have so much power in them to evangelize. So even the simplicity of, Maybe you have a grandchild or a child who's fallen away from the church. Maybe it's as simple as when they come over for dinner with your family, you invite them to say grace with you. Mm. You know, it's those even those simple invitations that are just things you do on a day to day with your family that you might feel maybe a little uncomfortable with because you don't want to push your faith on someone or you're afraid of how they might receive it. But I think it's just beautiful because you're sharing your life with them when you invite them into 
into these areas of prayer, into the sacraments, into your your daily life. And that's what Christ did with his disciples. We talked about this earlier of how much when we look at the life of Christ, he was inviting disciples all the time to follow him, to do hard and difficult things. And he was also just inviting them into his daily life mm. to pray with him, to walk with him, to be with him as he shared the word of God with people. And that's what we're called to imitate as well. How are we imitating Christ in these invitations? I love that. And what you said really uh, struck me. We're just sharing our own life, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that's a way that we can, you know, share our faith with others without being overbearing. It's just mm -hmm. inviting them into what we're already doing or, you know, what we're trying to grow in. And sometimes it's being really honest, just saying, I want someone maybe to do this with or, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, that can be something where if there's a, a practice or a virtue that I'm trying to grow, mm -hmm. maybe like asking someone like, hey, will you do this with me? You know, will you read this book with me? Maybe that, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to grow in spiritual reading or we're trying to grow in the habit of going to mass. Having someone to do that with you and inviting someone into the kind of that journey of, of improving yourself um, can be really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a gift to be able to share our lives with one another. It's beautiful to think about the power of invitation and how much, like I said, we see that in scripture. We see that in the gospels and how that transformed the lives of the disciples and how they then after Christ left them as well, after his his passion, death and resurrection, they don't stop inviting people, mm -hmm. you know, they keep inviting them. And that's what we're called to do too. So when you're, when you've encountered Christ and the people in your life have encountered Christ, that doesn't mean, okay, we're done now. Right. Like they've encountered Christ, <laughs> good for them moving on. No, you're called to do that even more together now and mm -hmm. to be disciples with one another. So you can go out and now you have a little squad of people, a little right. crew <laughs> to now share Christ with the world. And mm -hmm. it's, it's less intimidating too when you're inviting someone into something that's not just well, maybe a one-on-one -on -one thing, but you're inviting them into community mm -hmm. and people want that. People desire to be invited into community. So I think that it's just powerful to think about the ability to not just invite for one thing, but for ever into a relationship with Christ that is forever, that is lasting mm. eternity. So I think right. that the power of invitation goes beyond a single event and a single time, but truly into a life lasting relationship with Christ. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. I, I mean, that's what we're all working towards, right? Is that, that, you know, eternal relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord. And I mean, what a beautiful gift to be able to share with other people. You know, it, it might be in little, little stages or little steps at a time, but every time we're, you know, making that invitation mm -hmm. that's leading to, you know, um, the eternal relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think too, you know, when you mentioned the the disciples and they didn't stop there, right? Mm. And I think sometimes maybe we need to be invited to step out of our comfort zone. So do you have any, any uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's important to always have an invitation in your back pocket. And by that, I mean, you should always have something that's happening in your parish or happening in your life that you can invite someone into. So if you're a parish, which pretty much every parish will offer some type of weekly adoration time or everyone has mass. So you should have something happening that you are inviting people into. So maybe your parish has a first Friday adoration and then they do a dinner after or some type of social. Have that invitation in your back pocket. So when you meet that new person in your parish or you meet that new family who just moved into town, you can invite them to that event that you know happens every month or every week or whatever it might be. And I think no matter what your role is in a parish, whether you're 
on the parish leadership team mm-hmm. or you're a regular volunteer or maybe you're working your way towards that volunteer position and you're making more time for that in your life or more space for that, whatever it is, even if you don't volunteer at all, you can mm-hmm. invite someone else into parish life more through a simple invitation. So I think it's just important to always have some type of invitation ready to go. So when you meet someone new or maybe you've known this person for a while and you mm-hmm. can see that they're desiring more, but mm. they want to grow in relationship with Christ, they want to grow in community, have the, that invitation ready. So when the time comes and the Holy Spirit prompts, you're not like, oh man, what can I do? What can I invite them right. to? What's happening? You just know, I always invite people to this event and that's how hopefully they can have something to hold on to to grow in relationship in Christ. That's very good advice. Lexi, I've just really enjoyed our conversation together and I'm inspired, I think, to just, yeah, be ready to invite more people, um, you know, into my life or or into relationship with Christ, really. Um, So thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. And it's just a joy to be able to share about the ways that I've been invited and how that's transformed my life, but then also to share with others how they can be inviting so we can see our church here in Western Oregon just grow from these invitations. Once again, this was Lexi Torres uh, from the Archdiocese of Portland. Thank you very much. It is 7.53 right here at Mater Day Radio. Well, if you enjoyed that interview and want to hear it again, maybe share it with a friend or two, look no further than your cell phone and the Hail Mary Media app. It's available in the Google Play or App Store and has got direct access to all of our locally produced shows, a growing prayer archive, the live stream of our broadcast, our community calendar of events, and much, much more. It's the Hail Mary Media app. It's free to download. It's ad-free as well. So just search Hail Mary Media in Google Play or the App Store or find more details on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. From Mark chapter 5, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit ran up, screaming and gnashing, and then bowed down. Jesus spoke, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. The unclean spirit then entered nearby swine. Jesus told the man, Go home to your people and report what great things the Lord has done for you, having mercy on you. Do you and I have unclean spirits and at times act a little bit crazy? Life today provides many opportunities to have anxiety, to worry about matters, and beat ourselves up. As we age, we may look back with regrets and remorse, going crazy, overthinking. Instead, let's remember Jesus' words, focusing instead on the great things the Lord has done for us and the times he has shown us his mercy. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. 
Dr. Bianco Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Dei Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is 7.56 right here at Mater Dei Radio. Coming up in your news, could St. John Henry Newman be a doctor of the church? The U.S. bishops voted to uh, forward that cause. We'll get into those details coming up. Nice. And the National Eucharistic Congress wants to make it so that everybody who wants to attend the conference, whether for the whole thing or just a day, have those options. Okay. I'll talk more about that after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Power, fame, riches. These seemingly unattainable things don't come naturally to everyone. What would you do if you had one or a combo of these characteristics, or were given to them from birth? Would you be able to give them away in a heartbeat? Today's saint did just that, with all of her heart. Princess Elizabeth was only 13 years old when she was married to Prince Ludwig of Thuringia in 1221. Unlike other political marriages, Ludwig and Elizabeth grew fond of each other, with the prince growing into the man worthy of his wife. They bore three children and were devoted to the other as a good husband and wife should be. During one of her husband's travels, Elizabeth constructed a hospital at the foot of the mountain where their castle was located. She personally saw to aiding those who were brought to the hospital, caring for their needs and giving them proper company during their recovery and stay. This began to sow bitterness among members of the court. After all, a princess's place wasn't among the infirm or poor, but she knew she desired to serve God over those of the court. Ludwig wouldn't come to be canonized like his wife, but he was commonly referred to throughout Germany as Ludwig the Saint. He stood up for his wife when members of the court sought to belittle the princess for her charitable deeds. He strongly encouraged her to live out her Christian faith in the royal court and quickly came to prove himself as a capable and noble leader. Elizabeth was sneaking out one day to deliver food to the poor and sick outside the castle when her husband stopped her. Since she was acting suspicious, he told her to reveal what she was hiding, and instead of loaves of bread tumbling out from her dress, rose petals fell to the ground. Not all joy can last. Prince Ludwig was killed on his way to march in the Crusades, and after losing her son years later, Elizabeth was left with no ties to the throne. Following her time of grief, the Princess Elizabeth sold everything she still had to the poor. She immediately began working closely with a newly established Franciscan order and took her vows soon after. Eventually, her strength became consumed by her labor and unending acts of charity as she continued to serve those who were considered outcasts and unclean. She died at the young age of 24 in 1231 and was canonized soon after in 1235. They always say that you should tithe to the church 10% of what you have. It's a lot, but isn't crippling. Elizabeth seemed to add an extra zero at the end of that percentage. She could have easily been consumed by the power and riches like many other royalty of her time, but instead she chose to give it all away freely for the sake of others. 
Even if your finances aren't comparable to a royal treasury, I encourage you to still give not just your treasure, but also your time and talent to those around you. God will reward you tenfold. Let us look to St. Elizabeth as a beautiful example of surrendering the riches of this world for the riches of heaven. St. Elizabeth of Hungary, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. Awaken the Saint is a three-minute daily show that unpacks the lives of the saints with practical messages for everyday life. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download today our free Hail Mary media app. You can find all the details at materdayradio.com. It is 8 o'clock. And in your news, the U.S. bishops recently voted overwhelmingly, with just two bishops voting no, to send a letter to Rome expressing their support for the U.K. bishop's proposal to make St. John Henry Newman a doctor of the church. St. John Henry Newman was famously a convert to the Catholic faith from Anglicanism, who faced backlash and prejudice from both his community and his family. Prior to his conversion, Newman made a name for himself as a well-known and widely respected Oxford academic and public intellectual. His 1845 conversion to the Catholic faith resulted in the loss of many of his friends, including his own sister, who never spoke to him again. Newman became a Catholic priest in 1847, and he founded the Oratory of St. Philip Neri in England. He also founded two schools for boys and the Catholic University of Ireland. Traditionally, the title of Doctor of the Church has been granted to the, on the basis of three requirements. The manifest holiness of a candidate affirmed by his or her canonization as a saint, the person's eminence in doctrine demonstrated by the leaving behind of a body of teachings that make significant and lasting contributions to the life of the church, and of course, a formal declaration by the church, usually by a pope. So maybe soon we will be hearing about Dr. St. John Henry Newman. Wow, okay. Well, Kathy Sork, the principal at Dorothy Fox Elementary School in Camas, was named the 2024 Washington State Elementary Principal of the Year on Wednesday by the Association of Washington School Principals. Now in her 18th year in the position, she said she realized a few years into her time at Dorothy Fox that the grass isn't greener anywhere else. The award is given to elementary school principal and secondary principal each year who exhibit exceptional contributions to education, unwavering devotion to student success, and leadership excellence. She said, well, it was quite a surprise. She said, I was in a meeting here on campus and an announcement came over the intercom that the whole staff needed to meet in the cafeteria. She immediately thought, okay, what's wrong? In the end, cafeteria waiting for her, of course, were school staff and state leaders beaming with pride, ready to present her with her award. Congratulations. Cool. Congratulations. Well, earlier this week, Mexican media reported that a nine-year-old boy was the first to see a su supposed tears flowing from the eyes of a statue of Our Lady of Sorrows in a chapel in the small village of El Chanal, just north of the city of Colima. Other residents subsequently said that they also saw tears. These claims spread virally on social media, but have in fact been proven false. Father Gerardo Lopez Herrera, communications director for the Diocese of Colima, said that the, a priest had examined the statue and determined that no miracle in fact happened. He noted that the image is a representation of the Sorrowful Virgin, and at the time it was made, the artist placed small silicone tears onto the statue. Oh. So unfortunately, the small boy saw the statue of Our Lady with these artistic tears and thought that it was 
in fact, Our Lady statue crying, which it was not. There have been miracle statues that mm-hmm. have been attested to, but this one in Mexico this week was not, in fact, a miracle. Earlier this week, I reported on holiday Grinches coming out early this year as thieves hit a shop over the weekend and stole rare Christmas decorations and several Christmas trees, too. The owner was out thousands of dollars, but thankfully he found support with his friends and community. Now Justin Waddell of Bloke Botanical has his possessions back. The Portland Police Bureau confirmed the decorations recovery Thursday evening. Waddell said there were two men on his surveillance video and says they were in and out in about 15 minutes, stealing close to $10,000 worth of Christmas decorations. His stolen items were found near 105th and Herald Avenue. Police say they also recovered four stolen trailers. There is no word on any arrests. Mm. Well, recently on the <clears throat> excuse me, recently on the island nation of Costa Rica, lawmakers from several political parties put forward a bill to change some of that country's criminal procedure code and their civil code with the goal of lifting the seal of confession when sexual crimes against minors are involved. In response, the Costa Rican Bishops Conference expressed its opposition to the bill, pointing out that the sacramental seal is inviolable, which prevents the confessor from revealing any penitent's confession, let alone ones where sexual crimes are involved. Pointing to canon law as well as the catechism of the Catholic Church, the Costa Rican bishops noted that the penitent must be certain at any time that the sacramental confession will remain within the secrecy of the confessional between one's own conscience that opens to the grace of God with the necessary mediation of the priest. The sacramental seal is indispensable and no human power has jurisdiction over it, the Costa Rican bishops said. They also noted that any political action or legislative initiative aimed at breaching the sacramental seal of confession would be an unacceptable offense against the freedom of the church, which does not receive its legitimacy from any individual state, but from God. So strong words from the Costa Rican bishops. We'll see what happens. And in sports, 11 weeks down of Friday lights and two more to go before crowning high school football champions in the state of Oregon the day after Thanksgiving. The 6A OSAA semifinals will be tonight as the last two champs in the state meet in the final four as unbeatens. Number one, Wesleyan looks to defending the title as number four Central Catholic aims to do it again. And Sherwood's Sherwood's perfect record, you want to take care of Tualatin Timberwolves. Then on the north side of the Columbia, Vancouver Seton Catholic High School is heading to the Washington State quarterfinals where it'll face number four seed Kashmir. This has been an incredible journey yeah. for the Seton Catholic High School. Uh, go to our website, materdayradio.com. Head coach Dan Chase joined us mm-hmm. yesterday to talk a little bit about this just really incredible team, the enthusiasm they've gotten yeah. from their community there and their hopes for tomorrow night's game. It's nice to see the Catholic schools in the mix for those championships. That's Absolutely. Fun. Attendees of the National Eucharistic Congress July 17th to the 21st in Indianapolis now have some more options of purchasing single day and weekend passes in order to make attendance more affordable and flexible. The bishop overseeing the Congress announced on November 15th. 
Now, speaking at the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Fall Plenary Assembly in Baltimore, Bishop Andrew Cousins of Crixton, Minnesota, also said that scholarships are going to help ease the cost for some attendees via the Bishop Solidarity Fund. Now, a standard pass for the five-day Congress are between $299 and $375 for adults and $99 for children ages 2 to 18 who are traveling along with their family. Now, that cost is going to cover admission for Congress events at Lucas Oil Stadium, which include general sessions, breakout sessions, liturgies, the vendor hall, and unique Congress tracks. The cost does not include housing, transportation, or meals related to the Congress. And registration is open for standard passes, which also include access to premium seating if you want to oh. get up close and personal with the stars that who are attending. Now, a single-day pass will range between 49 and $95, depending on the day and weekend passes will be $125. So registration for day and weekend passes, those are going to open up in January. They have thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people already registered. So if you are uh, kind of interested in, in doing this, it looks to be an incredible event. This is that culmination of that three-year Eucharistic right. revival. Yeah. Many parishes right now, if you go to the community calendar, in fact, are offering holy hours, family holy hours so that way you know if you are nervous about taking your kids with you to adoration because they might make a a little (laughs) bit of a ruckus as kids tend to do go to one of those family holy hours for one There'll be other children there so you won't feel as bad if your child's making noise but two introduce your child to the practice of adoration right the source and summit of our faith in christ in the eucharist so again let's let's uh, live a eucharistic life amen It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m., St. Jude Catholic Church in Eugene invites all to the Banquet on the Keyboard concert by professional pianist Bo Kyung Cecilia Lee. The concert is a benefit for St. Jude Catholic Church. Admission is free, but donations are accepted. You can find details for this and all of our Catholic events in your area by going to the community calendar of our website, matradayradio.com, and of course, the Hail Mary Media app. Life is a long journey with many twists and turns along the way for a group of people. Their journey right now is to the Catholic Church. Mary Marston joining us because the right of election is just around the corner and she has an update for us. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins 
by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, financial planning and investment management to help you retire with confidence. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors partners with you to find clarity, build a plan, and invest with your Catholic values in mind. Scheduling a free consultation is available online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. What's the best way to stay on top of things in our local Catholic community? Mater Dei Radio's Hail Mary Media app is the perfect way to connect directly into all the exciting fall activities. And you can jump right into the middle of it all like a big pile of leaves. Simply search Hail Mary Media in the App Store or go to materdayradio.com and follow the instructions. In just minutes, you'll be accessing our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. Plus, set a customized schedule of your own prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also lets you tune in to the live broadcast of Mater Day Radio and download podcasts of all our original programming, including shows you won't find on the radio. Plus, you'll discover our Catholic lifestyle features, news, sports, fun fall festivities on the interactive community calendar, and much, much more. Get plugged directly into your local Catholic community with the Hail Mary Media app from Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 at Matra Day Radio. The morning fog that was hanging about is probably burning off, but it still could be there low-lying, so be careful on your commute today. Sunny, high of 58 today, mostly clear tonight, low of 44. Let the rains return for the weekend. Saturday, high of 55. Sunday, high of 51. And then, of course, on Monday, the sun returns. All right. Currently, it is a very chilly 34 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview. And it is 41 degrees at St. Stephen Catholic Church in southeast Portland. Well, as I said just before the break, we're all on a journey. And for some this year, it's a very exciting journey as they head towards the Catholic Church to be entered during the uh, Easter season. Joining us today is Miriam Marston. She walks with these people in such a wonderful way. She is the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tiger. Joining us today to tell us about their journey. Good morning, Miriam. How are you today? Oh, good morning, good morning, Brenda and Aaron. I am doing very well. It's great to be on with you all. So you uh, you walk and you help those that are coming into the church. You know, yeah. from start to finish, when somebody comes to you and and an inquiry, how long of a process can this be? Oh, that's a great question, Brenda. And really, the timeline can vary greatly. I mean, for some people, um, it it could be about a year or just under a year. Or for some, it's it's a process of a few years. Um, so there's really not a, a very strict timeline uh, for each and every person. 
For those who are kind of on this journey and they mm-hmm. can see that their entrance into the Catholic Church is going to be this Easter season, yeah. there are some steps along the way. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that, right? That's coming up. Yeah. Remind our listeners kind of what happens along their journey before they enter into the church on Easter Vigil. Sure. Great question. So in the OCIA, so that's the Order of Christian in, Christian Initiation of Adults, there are a number of rites that are celebrated along the way as um, the individuals are prayerfully preparing for baptism, confirmation, First Holy Communion. So the first of these rites, Brenda, is the rite of acceptance. And it's at this point that an inquirer, so someone who's been asking questions and growing in his or her understanding of Jesus, of the Church, of prayer— uh, this inquirer becomes a member of the catechumenate. Um, and again, it, that rite can be celebrated at different points in the year, but it's pretty common in parishes to have the rite in the fall. So actually we'll be doing the rite of acceptance this weekend at St. Anthony's for a group of folks um, who haven't been able to attend um, an earlier rite. So the rite itself, Brenda, is, is pretty simple, but it's really beautiful. And I thought I would highlight just a couple moments um, of the right, if that's okay. I would love for you to do that. Yeah, walk us through that. Because awesome. I think many people, while we go to Easter Vigil, we're going to watch them come mm-hmm. into the faith. We don't always get to see what happens leading up to that evening. Right. No, that's a really good point. So, um, yeah, so at the start of the Mass, where the right happens, the catechumens are called forward. And there's this brief exchange between the catechumens and the pastor. And so the pastor will ask them, what do you ask of God's church? And the catechumen responds, faith. And then the pastor says, what does faith offer you? And the response is eternal life. And you know, Brenda, I often return to that moment during the course of the year to remind the catechumens that this whole journey is about moving by the grace of God uh, towards eternal life. Um, so after that exchange, uh, we have the signing of the senses, and the sponsors make a sign of the cross over the ears and eyes and lips and shoulders and heart and feet of the catechumens as the, as the pastor says some really beautiful prayers uh, with each one. And I love this because the sign of the cross is powerful, and we're just covering our catechumens with this sign of the victory that Christ gained uh, through the cross. And then the catechumens are given a Bible and a cross to wear um, as we invite them to continue to meditate on God's Word and reflect on the Lord's abiding presence in their lives. And then they leave after the homily to discuss the day's scriptures and discuss what it felt like going through the rite. Um, So that's the rite in a nutshell. You know, this moment, Brenda, when an inquirer publicly states his or her desire to join the church— And that whole assembly in the parish then affirms this desire, and we are invited to pray for them during this time of preparation. Miriam, prayer is so important. We've talked about Mm -hmm. this often on the morning blend, because some people think, well, that just seems like, oh, I'm going to pray for you. It it, it Mm -hmm. sounds like it's just very simple words, but prayer is so vital. Kind of talk to or tell our listeners about even if they don't know, a person who is coming into the mm. church, even if they don't attend any of these rites, in what ways can we pray for them? In what ways do these catechumens start to maybe struggle a little bit? Because we know that a journey to the church like this can be kind of a difficult one, too. 
Well, and you're getting right to it, Brenda, that um, along the way, uh, even with all the support, um, uh, you know, that the community provides, the catechumens might have these ups and downs during the journey. So really that the whole parish is able to pray for um, just for the protection of their own hearts and souls as they're approaching the font of baptism. You know, um, the season of Lent in particular, Brenda, originally in the church, Lent was really the home stretch just for the catechumens. It was their final preparation. At a certain point in the church, the rest of the church said, wait, we want to join this time of preparation with the catechumens. So the whole community now comes alongside the catechumens for Lent, and we're all part of that uh, final, those final steps of preparation before Easter. Marion, what I really enjoy about these different rites when I witness them, too, is for people who have been Catholic their whole lives, uh, yeah. baptized as infants, we don't remember these things. We don't remember mm-hmm. receiving the sign of the cross on our chest or on our backs. Yeah. And they're beautiful reminders for all of us that we went through the same thing. Now, that's a great point. And again, the the, the powerful witness that the catechumens gave to the rest of the community. And there might be those in the pews who perhaps have maybe something uh, they're taking for granted in their own faith, and they need to be reminded where the journey began. Mm-hmm. And um, to see very publicly and very clearly that God continues to work powerfully in people's lives. And so I'm so pleased. You know, we have a pretty big group in our St. Anthony community. We have, right now, we have 58 people who would be baptized at Easter. I oh. mean, that's that's a, a significant group. And so how can that not catch your attention and say and remind you, God is still doing something amazing today? Uh, Miriam, w- you, when you awesome. said that many people, I actually got quite a, quite a chill. That is yeah. phenomenal. And I think that yeah. is just a wonderful reassurance and testament to you, Miriam, that you are doing God's work and you are doing it very, very well. Miriam Marston joining us this morning. She is the Faith Formation Director at St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Tigard. Well, what a wonderful event. What a wonderful time to be able to do this just ahead of the Thanksgiving season. I can't let you go, Miriam. Next (laughs) Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. What is for you the best dish on the Thanksgiving table? That is a great question. I just, I like mashed potatoes. Of course. (laughs) Who doesn't like the mashed? Gravy, too. I'll, I'll take some gravy, too. Put some gravy on that mashed <laughs> potatoes, too. Well, fantastic. I'll think of you next week, too, and I am enjoying my favorite mashed potatoes. Awesome. Miriam, thanks so much for joining us today. Always a great morning when we get to talk. Uh, thanks so much. God bless you. Always wonderful hearing from Miriam. <gasps> mashed potatoes. But Who doesn't love mashed potatoes? I wasn't going to put her on the spot, but there are, you know, certain people who say, are you going, are you a giblets and gravy or are you no giblets oh, and gravy? Oh, okay. You start the giblet wars. Yeah, that is, that's a war. We're, yeah. we're a divided home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At the Aikens when it comes to the giblets. So. We won't make people take sides publicly. Okay. Matre Day Radio, however, will uh, happily say no giblets in our gravy. <laughs> Okay. Just kidding. No, that we don't have an official stance on that. Uh, no, Matre Day Radio is an apostolate built on prayer. We started over 33 years ago with the initial goal of broadcasting the Holy Rosary and have grown ever since, thanks to the prayers and support of listeners just like you. And we here at Matre Day Radio want to not only pray with you, but for you as well. 
We have a special prayer hotline, and if you have an intention you'd like to share it with us, just call that hotline at 503-285-3737, or go to our website, matradayradio.com, or go to our Hail Mary Media app and click on The Power of Prayer. There you can submit your prayer request, and our team of dedicated prayer warriors will take up your intentions. So let us pray for you on the Hail Mary Media app and at matradayradio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most modern philosophies are very dark and depressing? As G.K. Chesterton says, most people in our world today have been forced to be happy about the little things, but sad about the big ones. But that's not the way we were meant to be. We were meant to be joyful. Sadness is only an interlude. Praise should be the permanent pulsation of the soul. The Christian is able to deny himself immediate pleasures because there's great joy and fulfillment inside him. The pagan must constantly seek after pleasure because there's great sadness and emptiness inside him. Joy, which is the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Let's share the secret. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its colleges of arts and sciences and its schools of business, education, engineering, and nursing. Learn more at up.edu. What's your next mission from God? You do have one, we all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matraday Radio. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Matraday Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 825 on this lovely Friday morning. Coming up in your news, Pope Francis was talking to a group of priests and he said, do not leave the Lord in the tabernacle alone. We'll get into what else he got. He mentioned for them after your news. And Portland Public School strike continues. Now the earliest kids can be back in the classroom the Monday after Thanksgiving. Oh, that is a long time away. I'm going to have the details for you coming up in four minutes. This is Teresa Peterson. He makes all things new. And we are Brenda and Aaron on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
Teresa Peterson, and he makes all things new. It's 8.30 right here at Monterey Radio. In your news this hour, almost a month after the close of Pope Francis' October Synod of Bishops on Synodality, Cardinal Robert McElroy of San Diego says the power and depth of the conversations over the month in Rome really struck him, as well as the challenge of replicating that atmosphere back at home. Cardinal McElroy's sentiment was common among other American Synod delegates. Crux now spoke with uh, other American Synod delegates who spoke publicly about their experience at the Synod gathering at this week's U.S. Bishops Conference General Assembly in Baltimore. By and large, the Synod gathering was viewed as a positive and enriching experience where people with different opinions engaged in respectful discussions seeking common solutions. Now, delegates lauded the inclusion of non-Episcopal participants for the first time, while stressing that church doctrine is unlikely to change as a result of the synod process. American participants also pushed back against the notion that there is tension between the Vatican and U.S. church, insisting that didn't appear in the context of the synod. And the U.S. bishops recently voted overwhelmingly, with just two bishops voting no to send a letter to Rome expressing their support for the U.K. bishops' proposal to make St. John Henry Newman a doctor of the church. St. John Henry Newman was famously a convert to the Catholic faith from Anglicanism. 
and he faced backlash and prejudice from both his community and family. Prior to his conversion, Newman made a name for himself as a well-known and widely respected Oxford academic and public intellectual. His 1845 conversion to the Catholic faith resulted in the loss of many friends, including his own sister, who never spoke to him again. Newman became a Catholic priest in 1847, and he founded the Oratory of St. Philip Neri in England. He also founded two schools for boys and the Catholic University of Ireland. Traditionally, the title of Doctor of the Church has been granted on the basis of three requirements. The manifest holiness of a candidate affirmed by his or her canonization as a saint, the person's eminence in doctrine demonstrated by the leaving behind of a body of teachings that has made a significant and lasting contribution to the life of the Church, and a formal declaration by the Church, usually a pope. So perhaps in the future we'll be hearing about Doctor of the Church, St. John Henry Newman. Well, many may wish to settle in for the upcoming holiday. Educators with Portland Public Schools say that losing their health care is top of mind. As of Thursday afternoon, school has been canceled through Friday, pushing the district's next possible day to have class landing on November 27th. That is the Monday after Thanksgiving. The two sides signed tentative agreements on at least four things, including instructional time and retirement, but remain at odds on bigger issues like cost of living adjustments and class sizes. According to Portland Public Schools, Thursday will also be a deadline for teachers to get back into the classroom before losing their health coverage in December. In response, the Oregon Education Association said they will step in to cover insurance costs during the strike. And the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission is increasing how often members of the public can opt in for a chance to buy bottles of rare liquor. They're also opening up the process to an annual audit to improve transparency after the Bourbon Gate scandal that rocked the agency earlier this year. Executives said they hope changes aid in rebuilding the public's trust. So back in February, two top executives were ousted from the OLCC after investigators found that for at least eight years, a group of OLCC employees would set aside hard-to-get bottles of liquor when it came into the state in order to purchase it for themselves. On Thursday, the OLCC board announced changes to that system called the Chance to Purchase Policy. Previously, lotteries for the public were held about three times a year with around 100 bottles up for grabs each time. Now they'll hold lotteries quarterly. Rich Evans, Senior Director of Licensing and Compliance with OLCC, said with quarterly drawings, they hope to increase the amount of items that will also be made available to the public. Pope Francis recently told visiting priests that the presence of Jesus in every tabernacle points us to how we can serve our suffering brothers and sisters who share in Christ's passion. In an audience with the National Association of Hispanic Priests yesterday, Pope Francis shared his advice for living a Eucharistic prayer life ahead of the upcoming National Eucharistic Congress to be held in Indianapolis in July of 2024. Francis said, Do not leave those who suffer alone, and do not leave the Lord in the tabernacle alone. Pope Francis compared the back and forth between Eucharistic prayer and service to others in the life of a priest as a game of ping pong. He said, quote, Adoration, Eucharistic silence, and intercession before the tabernacle, and then service. But it is like ping pong. One lead things to another and back to the other. Surrender yourselves to the one who has called you to give yourselves, 
and only asks for your fidelity and constancy with the certainty that he will, it will be he who completes the work and makes your efforts bear good fruit. So, holy ping pong. Holy ping pong. I like that. I for sure can say without certainty, I am a much better practicing Catholic than I am a ping pong player. 100%. Well, it's, it's not for everybody. <laughs> You're definitely <laughs> right about that. And in sports, Oregon State and Washington State are moving forward, keeping the Pac-12 alive as a two-team conference for as long as two years while entering an agreement with the Mountain West that will allow the Pacific Northwest schools to fill out their sports schedules. KGW reports the agreement could set the stage for a long-term deal between Oregon State and Washington State and the Mountain West. What that looks like is unlikely to be determined soon, said the people who spoke only on condition of anonymity because neither of the schools nor the Mountain West were making their negotiations and internal discussions public. In the short term, Oregon State and Washington State would get the clarity about conference affiliation they need to give their coaches, athletes, and recruits, and the Mountain West would get a payout from the schools and alignment with programs that have been competitive at the Power 5 level. And again, don't forget Friday Night Lights as number one West Lynn looks to defend their title with number against number four Catholic Central in their semifinals in north side of the River Vancouver Seton Catholic High School heading to Washington for the state quarterfinals where it will face a number four seed Kashmir. If you've ever been to Rome, you have most likely visited St. Peter's Square at the very heart of the Vatican City. Many make sure their visit includes a Sunday. And those that are there are fortunate enough to be there right when Rome's most punctual clock. They call it the Geniculum Canon. Right, and I'm not going to even say it in Italian. Now that announces with a a loud bang that midday is here. It is then when all the bells of more than 600 churches in the city and those importantly and in particular at St. Peter's Basilica begin to toll. The Pope reaches the window at the Apostolic Palace to greet the many pilgrims who Sunday after Sunday, rain or shine, gather there to pray the Angelus, listen to his message and receive his blessing. And right across from the square is a classic store that has been for more than half a century Almost mandatory stop for every pilgrim visiting Rome. The famous Mondo Calitico store founded back in 1952. And most pilgrims right after receiving the Pope's blessings would walk just a few steps over there and purchase all kinds of Catholic religious articles. Now some visit the store before the blessing and they bring that religious object with them when they buy them to the square so that the objects themselves are blessed during the event. Then you have an item that's been blessed by the Mm -hmm. Pope. The custom of bringing objects to St. Peter's Square so they are blessed on Sundays has a very specific origin. It goes back to December of 1969 when Paul VI stood at the window and blessed the figurines of the infant Jesus that Roman children had brought with them. This soon became a typically Roman tradition that is still alive 
today. It is d- done on uh, Gaudete Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent. It is called Bambinelli Sunday, mm. and they bring in the infant Jesus from your crash. Many churches around the area are beginning to pick up that uh, tradition, so it is really, really wonderful. And uh, I've had uh, one opportunity, a more than a decade ago, I was in Rome. I have another trip coming up in the springtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope is twofold. One, I want to purchase an apostolic blessing for my home that is printed in our names that is signed by the Vatican. Mm. The second thing is there was a very, very delicious pizza place that was right there in the road mm. leading up to the Vatican. I really hope it's still open. I'm a 12-year-old, so I'm still on. There was a canon. Yeah. The geniculum well, cannon? It's, no, it's I'm a sorry. cannon. It uh, is. But it, it's not a cannon that fires. It's it's, it's called a, the cannon. It's a right? cannon because it's a bell. It, Got it. it okay. It, it dongs like, or issues. I, like, I don't know. I'm pretty up on some of this stuff, but I don't recall hearing about a cannon being fired every day at noon. It's so. a clock. Got it. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Coming up this weekend is the St. Nicholas Market at Holy Rosary Parish in Portland, both Saturday and Sunday. You can shop all kinds of things by local vendors, and you got to get there because there's going to be some tasty treats as well as, you know, some gifts you might be finding for that certain someone. So that's the St. Nicholas Market, Holy Rosary Parish, Saturday and Sunday, Sunday from 8 to a.m. to 3 p.m. But you can find more on this and other events in our area by going to our community calendar of our website, Day Radio. Dot com And of course, it's also on the Hail Mary media app. Uh, sun today, rain tomorrow. Mm, we yep. are going to get a look at your forecast. And then after that, we're going to have a second cup of coffee. And we're going to talk about how to pray, especially for the holy souls in purgatory this month. That's coming up in three minutes. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Are you spiritually ready for Christmas? Advent is a time to prepare our hearts and minds for the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. But with so much going on in our lives, it can be hard to take advantage of the season and really prepare ourselves for the gift of Christmas. My name is Daniel Oberreiter, the lead singer of the Catholic band, The Thirsting. Along with St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church and Pastor Father Matt Libra, I want to personally invite you to attend three evenings of adoration, contemplation, and praise of the Blessed Sacrament beginning Wednesday, December 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. at St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church, 2727 Northeast 54th Avenue in Portland. Confessions will also be heard each night. For more details, go to strosepdxparish.org. Come join us every Wednesday evening this Advent at St. Rose of Lima Parish and adore the Lord of the universe, Jesus, our Savior. Advent, it only comes once a year. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. 
That's cyocamphoward.org. Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Dei Radio each Saturday afternoon at 4 and Sunday afternoon at 2 for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 844 right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Dei Radio. Beautiful start to the day. Going to be sunny in a high of 58 today. Mostly clear tonight, low of 44, but the rains return for your Saturday and Sunday. Saturday's high, 55, Sunday, 51. But it's expected that on Monday there might be some sunshine peeking back out again. So Nice. Something to look forward to for Thanksgiving week. There's lots of sunshine peeking out right now <laughs> up here on Sylvan Hill. It's a beautiful morning, but it is chilly. Still 38 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it is 39 degrees at St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton. The show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Aaron, I took it upon myself to get that second cup going early this morning during our first break. It was just obviously going to be one of those days. Thank you so much, by the way, for coming in early today, joining me. You're like, what, third, fourth cup? How far into this are you? As Monsignor O'Connor says, always a pleasure, never a chore. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Monsignor (laughs) O'Connor. Aaron, it's been a great morning. What's you know, we seem to always be able to have more than one cup of coffee on a Friday. And so we're going to talk this segment November is dedicated to the Holy Souls in Purgatory. Yes. Every month in our calendar has a special dedication. Mm-hmm. Of course, specifically the Holy Souls in Purgatory because we start November off with All Saints Day. All They're Souls. already in heaven, so we yeah. ask them to pray for us, but we take the opportunity in November to pray for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. So we thought we'd spend a little time yeah. today talking about how do we do that? How do we keep them in our minds? We don't know if they've reached their heavenly home. So unless right. they are a named saint, we should continue to keep praying Absolutely. for them. And <clears throat> Holy Mother Church and all of her uh, charity gave us the first eight days where you can achieve a plenary indulgence and literally save one soul from purgatory. But that doesn't mean you can just stop there on November 9th. You got to keep going and keep praying for them. But there's many ways to do it without having to do a big, a big thing. And so I was thinking we'd cover some of those today and it's really very simple. And it's just kind of keeping them in mind as you go throughout your day. Uh, Famously, Padre Pio just had a little board and he would walk by and he pulled out, they had like written different, frankly, different sins on them. And he would, whenever he walked down this hallway in his, uh, in, in his monastery, he would pull a little chip out frankly and he would look at it and he would say pray for somebody who was a gossiper and he would say and our father drop it in the box and then keep on going and that was one of his ways of just keeping the holy souls in in uh in top of mind and so you can just do that as you go throughout your day maybe it's you know when you walk through the office and then go to the pour that second cup of coffee whatever it is there's many ways to do it also just maybe as you're driving by a cemetery. I mean, I know we encourage people to stop by. That was part of achieving that plenary indulgence mm-hmm. earlier in the month. But even when you're driving by, you can just say, I'm going to throw out a Hail Mary for the Holy Souls as I'm driving by. You know, real. There's lots of many easy ways to do it. 
So that's Aaron, those are two. I've got a whole list. Yeah, sure. But on that, you know, yeah. as a, a station, uh, we went down to, um, let's see, where did we go? Pius Tenth down the hill for Mass on right. All Saints Day, mm-hmm. a holy day of obligation. When we yeah. entered the sanctuary, they had two large uh, bolt scrolls almost, you know, kind of like the thing hanging from the walls there. Sure. And it had the names of their parishioners who died in the last year. And to sit there and read those names and pray for them. I think those are wonderful ways to Mm -hmm. remember them. I also love listening to you record every week the names of the faithfully departed after the rosary. And such a powerful way to include a name of your loved one Mm -hmm. on that list. That you, they don't even have to be Catholic to get prayers for them, right? So please submit their names. Please pray for them. Send us and send us a name, you know, call us, email us. Uh, my email is Aaron A at MontradayRadio.com. Send me a name of one of your faithful departed and I will absolutely get their name up on the list. Um, obviously, we're a rosary apostolate. Pray the rosary is another way. And just in your mind, say I'm offering this rosary or this decade up for the holy souls or a soul in particular, right? It doesn't have to be a particular soul. Uh, the morning offering is one that I particularly like, and we do the morning offering, we air the morning offering here, but you can make it as simple as, as Lord, I offer my prayers this day for the holy souls in purgatory, amen. And then oh. you've made that intention in your mind, so then as you're praying throughout the day or whatever it is, offering up your suffering, you've already said, Lord, this is for the holy souls. So there's, and there's more formal ones. There's tons mm. of prayers you can go online, you can buy prayer books that have, you know, if you're more of, uh, of the traditional bent like me, there's many ways that you can go and find those rote prayers that you won't you know, memorize or and right. reference. We had been so. talking earlier in the month too about what we do know about purgatory. There's not a lot. There have been people sure. that have had visions, but what we do know is when we pray for those souls in purgatory, there is a pain that is involved with it, part of the purification, but not like physical pain. There's, they don't have bodies, they are souls. Sure. But it is a pain of longing mm-hmm. to be with our Lord. Now, you, you know that you are assured salvation at right. that point, but it, you're not there yet. And that longing can be just you know mm-hmm. so difficult for the soul in purgatory. So all of those ways, wonderful ways to remember to pray for those pray the rosary pray the rosary uh many people obviously if you're catholic you say grace before your meals every time even when i'm in public at a restaurant oh it's even better then absolutely Uh um but say grace after meals as well so so does that mean don't say prayers beforehand but then say it afterwards no 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 say both so say both you say the usual bless us the lord in these thy gifts for which we were about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. That's... Amen. Grab your food, start eating. Right. Always say that one. Absolutely okay. say that one. Traditionally, grace after meals is, <clears throat> and if I can remember it in English, we give thee thanks, O Lord, for all thy benefits, who lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. And may the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. That's the traditional pra- prayer of grace after a meal. So you said that very well in English, but you you also, being the overachiever, trad, yes. you've learned it in Latin. Mm-hmm. I've got to hear this. Okay. Adjimus tibi gratias omnipotens Deus pro universis beneficis tuis, qui vivis in reinas in secula seculorum, fidelium anime pro misericordiam dei requies cantin pace. Amen. Amen.
I love that. So I but, didn't understand, but I know the souls in purgatory, I'm sure understand Latin and God knows. Right. Right. That what you have just said. Beautiful. Yeah. So always pray grace after meals, you know, after a snack. Uh, I famous, I think it was Chesterton, but I'm, I might be misattributing that. He would say that he would say grace before like reading, reading a book because everything is a gift from God. So you can say grace before going on the air. You know, you can say grace before getting in your car and driving to work. Some people don't have a car, you know, mm-hmm. um, because it's bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which you are about to receive from thy bounty. Everything is from it's, his bounty. So you can say grace for anything, which oh. means you can also say grace for it afterwards and help the Holy Souls help afterwards the Holy as Soul. well. I like yeah. the idea too of saying grace after a meal yeah. because then it requires everyone to, to stay yeah. at the table together. <laughs> you can't eat and run. Right. We're going to stay yeah. together. We're going to finish our meal. We're going to talk together. We're going to pray. Mm-hmm. And then the kids are going to clean up all the dishes when we're all done. Right. I think that and is absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, thanks so much. That is a wealth of knowledge, and I appreciate that. And I hope our listeners enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit And may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven, their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Romans 4.21 assures us that whatever God has promised, He is able to perform. St. Peter Catholic Church in Newburgh is fulfilling the promise with its challenging campaign to build a new church to accommodate large growth with more space for worship, sacramental life, service, faith formation, testimony, and solace. See the new church design and learn more at stpeternewburgor.org. That's stpeternewburgor.org. And join us in fulfilling the promise. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Monterey Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 
855 here at Mantra Day Radio. Beautiful Friday in store for you. Sunny today, high of 58. Mostly clear tonight, down to 44. The rains return this weekend. High Saturday, 55. High Sunday, 51. But it's a sunny Monday in store, apparently. Today, it's 43. Right now, excuse me, it's 43 degrees in the Rose City. All right. As we come back through the weekend on Monday, we're going to start getting our eyes on that Thanksgiving uh, Mm. forecast. I wonder what it's going to look like. If it rains, it's okay. Just got to be indoors with the family. Absolutely. And closing out our show today, here is Matt Marr. All the people said amen. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.59. Oh, and that is going to wrap it up for us on the morning. Blend Aaron, thank you again for joining us. What a great a two fun. hours yeah. we just had. Now, I just realized in the break, and I cannot let the morning go before I say congratulations mm-hmm. to the good deacon. Scott was ordained 16 years ago today to the permanent diaconate. 
what a blessing it's wow. been all along. So congratulations to all of the class of 2007. Congratulations, good deacon. And that is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. We have a very powerful view from the pew coming up this evening mm. at 730. Catch the podcast in case you miss it. Have a blessed day.